Occasional Hell, and I'm Harlan. This is uh, going to be a podcast uh, and video blog. Is that what they're called anymore? Um, where I um, get to flex some editing and talk about um, just stuff that is on my mind. Uh, basically, subjects that are in my notes app on my phone that I save and I don't know what to do with. So welcome all along for the ride. Welcome to the journey. This is off to a great start. I wanted to talk today a little bit about some stuff that's going on on the internet. One, uh, the When We Were Young uh, festival that's supposedly happening in October. Uh, there have been a million people talking about what is going on there and whether or not it's a scam. Um, and you know, I don't want to sit here and talk too much about whether or not it is a scam, uh, or the logistics of how this thing is going to come together because you can find all of those videos on TikTok. What I think is really fascinating is how it has caught the public's interest in such a, an explosive way. Everyone is talking about it. Um, I was getting like every other video on TikTok was a, someone talking about whether it's a scam and the fact that 11 band, every band is only going to have 11 minutes to play. It's I just want everyone to shut the fuck up about about when we were young festival. I'm over it. I'm already over this festival. Please shut the fuck up. It'll be great. If it's another Firefest situation and we'll all be able to have a laugh about it at other people's expense. But we have eight more months before then. No, October is the 10th month. We have nine months and 10 days to, to let it play out. So let's all chill. All we're doing is giving this festival more attention than it probably deserves. I'm, I trust, listen, I'm a, I'm an emo. I'm an elder emo as is the new term for 35 year olds. But like, who wants to go to this? Like who, who is, who is 35? Think seeing that and going, yep, that looks like fun to smash into a bunch of other 35 year olds in a hot, in the hot, sweaty Las Vegas desert. It's not even in, it's on a parking lot. Basically. Um, if you look at the square footage, when we were young festival, 2022 Vegas, Vegas venue explained tickets and the full lineup, including Paramore one day only event. Some fans have speculated when we were young could turn out like the disastrous Firefest. There's like five bands on this roster that I would want to see. Oh, here we go. Here's the lineup. Avril Lavigne, Car Seat Headrest. Whoever listened to that band? Taking Back Sunday, Alkaline Trio, 
J-X-Den? J-Den? I don't even know what that is. Harris with a V instead of an A. AFI, the U's, Bring Me the Horizon, Taking Back Sunday's on here twice. Dashboard Conventional, Manchester Orchestra, Day to Remember. I mean, there are bands on here that I've never heard of. And I was an emo kid, okay? Ice Nine Kills? Don't have any idea. I know it's a Kurt Vonnegut reference. That's cool. They got Silverstein, though. Um, They had that one song. How did it go? What was Silverstein's Silverstein band? It's over. Was this their song? No. Was it this? Let's see what this sounds like. Alright, Silverstein's actually pretty good. <laughs> I I wasn't a fan, I guess. I missed that. They're pretty good, dude. And they had that too. Do you know that bass cab? Like I, I remember I wanted to be in a band and I wanted to play bass. And every emo band had, is it a Behringer? They had the fucking one bass cabinet that was taller than they were. Come on, where is it? I'm trying to, I'm skimming through the video to see if I can get a, 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 a picture of the, the brand. Oh man, I can't see it. It's so old. This video looks like it was shot with a fucking turkey sandwich. What other bands do they have going on here? Uh, TV Girl? Don't know. State Champs? Yeah, man. I, I don't know. I, my point stands. No one needs to get up in arms about this. They, somebody looked into the, the... They inspected the website's, like, uh, code. They fucking hacked into the Matrix, dude. And there's, a, there's some hidden code where there's, like, potentially going to be another day added. It's like text that hasn't been, I don't know how website code works. So, but in there, it said there's a link that's not available when you just go to the website that says like second day or added second day. Um, so it's probably going to end up being like a whole weekend thing. It's still expensive. You know, I don't know who, if you're paying $500 for this, why you used to 10 10, 15, 20 years ago, some of these bands you could go see at your teen center for $5. Why the fuck would you pay f- fucking 100 times more to go see them in a parking lot in Las Vegas in October? That's what's going on with that. Um, I also wanted to talk quickly about... Um, I, host, I host another... Well, I don't host. I co-host another podcast called 20K Leagues under the internet where we talk about internet stuff, but it's remote. So it's hard to play clips and stuff. So what I want to do in this episode, in this relaunch of occasional hell is look at the Axel Weber, um, rise, the rise of Axel Weber, um, on TikTok. So if you don't know who Axel Weber is, I didn't either up until maybe about a week or two ago. When one of his videos went viral of him showing off his, uh, his apartment, his tiny, tiny apartment in New York City that he had just moved to. I think he's probably like 21 or 22. This nice, 
sort of goofy, fun kid who moved, I think he's from Georgia originally. But so I'm going to play some clips and hopefully you'll be able to hear it in the podcast. I'll try and add them in in post. This is, I think these are in order, these links. I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven TikTok links as this story progressed over the last couple of weeks uh, because I was fascinated and I wanted to make sure that I revisited, but I wanted to wait to see just how far his, his rise to social media fame went. And it's taken some turns. So we're going to listen to, we're going to watch this first TikTok clip. And I believe this is, sorry, this is the first, this is the one that went famous. Uh, it's hashtag is NYC living like, rock star carbohydrates um so here we go hopefully you can hear this i'll add it in later i don't know what i'm talking about living in the smallest apartment in new york wherever your expectations are lower them as soon as you walk in the door we have the sink Mm. right next to the sink is conveniently located the kitchen Pantry is absolutely stocked. I just realized that all those foods are carbohydrates and also come in a box. There's so for those listening, he is <clears throat> he's got fluffy hair. He is just opening the door into his apartment, and it's very very small. The kitchen, the kitchen is a probably four or three foot section of the wall that has a cabinet. And then a tiny little fridge and uh, where he's supposed to cook his food. So we'll continue. No nutritional value here. One bowl, one plate. My, uh, my living quarters. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah. That's what the place was missing. I have two beds, but only one me. Some nights it's I'm a, a queen guy, other nights I chill on the twin. Closet. That's the whole place. Last thing, my piano. I'm a piano guy. Okay, so very small apartment, you know, perfect type of content to go viral on TikTok. Um, uh, it's intriguing. He is sort of making fun of himself and the way he has to live in New York. All great, right? You know, it got seven and a half million likes. That's fucking crazy. 7.5 million likes. So it's even more just views. Um, uh, there's 45,000 comments, uh, you know, people were react or reacting to this, whatever you're paying, it's too much Two beds. You could totally get a roommate. Uh, love lamp really brings the whole place together. I have to say Harry Potter's closet is bigger, right? There's a lot of jokes that people can be making about this. So that's, that's where this all started, right? Innocent enough. Uh, let me close the Silverstein <laughs> YouTube video. So this next one, it just uh, progresses. Um, his his second one that uh, went super viral, not as viral, was him talking about um, a Juilliard audition that he was auditioning for Juilliard. And I can't remember if this is the one where he's talking about it. He was nervous in one video, and um, and then he made a follow up video, and I believe that's this video. So let's quickly watch this. It's a short one. Final update for the Juilliard audition. Dear Axel, on behalf of the Juilliard division, thank you for your interest in our program and for sharing your talent with the faculty during the initial audition. We feel fortunate that we had a... Those are my neighbors. 
As you are already aware, due to our callback process, you are no longer under consideration for admission for fall 2022. Then it goes on to say, maybe next time, don't do an English accent, try Scottish or Australian, or no accent at all, you dimwit. <laughs> we gave it our best shot, which is the only thing we can do. Now we're going to have to find a different way to be an actor. We can do it. Thanks for watching the journey. Really. Okay, so he talks about this is the first time that I've seen him talk about how he wants to be an actor. Um, he does get kind of emotional at the end. He seems like he's genuinely like, this is what he wants to do. I don't want to make fun of him here because things get a little bizarre in my opinion, as this sort of progresses and people start to speculate about who this kid is and what he's doing. Um, but what happened after this video, because he didn't get into Juilliard, all these people that saw this video went to the Juilliard Instagram and, um, just lit up the comments under like the first, like five or six posts that were all saying, let Axel in, like, how dare you? Let's see. Oh, and I wonder if they deleted a bunch of these comments. Oh, look at that. Oh, okay. So they've deleted, <laughs> they've deleted a bunch of comments. It looks like so yeah, Axel let Axel in. But I mean, one of the first comments that you see, well, not the first ones, but one of these, um, so someone uh, comments, folks, this is literal madness. Juilliard chose not to let in one kid with a dream out of thousands. He has a platform. He may be likable, but he has no acting experience. It sucks that he isn't even, he isn't reigning in his fans here. It's insane to me and other professional actors that he's getting support from agents and stuff with no acting experience, but literally flooding Juilliard's comment section is serious. Going to do him more harm than good. Another comment, this is what happens when Gen Z keeps doing performative activism, stop acting, advocating for a mediocre white male because you think he's nice. People started to say that this is taking opportunities away from people of color, that he's mediocre, uh, that he has no experience, which, I mean, as far as I can tell, that's all true. Um, uh, this other comment, did y'all really comment to get that white boy in on a post for a black woman who passed away? So a lot of the people that were watching, um, his videos and going to the Instagram posts were being pretty disrespectful, uh, on certain posts that were made by Juilliard. Like this post, uh, let's see, where is it? I'm not even sure where. Yeah, in, in memoriam, oh, the comments are totally off on this one. In memoriam, Gwendolyn uh, Kilbrew, Saturn at the loss, um, who passed away in Dusseldorf. Um, and it's uh, a black woman, uh, just a, a memorial to her from Juilliard. No comments. The comments turned off on that one. So I'm not sure what people were talking about, if comments maybe were still on. And people were posting, let Axel in. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, maybe chill. And then I guess he didn't, he did make another post on TikTok saying like, Hey, I, I appreciate the support, but please stop commenting on Juilliard's Instagram. Um, so he did ask his followers to stop that. 
And again, this is like a lot of this seems like it's out of his hands, right? Like he's just some kid making fucking internet videos for because that's what everyone does now. That's just what we do. So it's not surprising that he blew up and that people took it into their own hands. So I don't blame all this fully on him, but let's let's move on to the next clip, the next the next TikTok video. So this one is uh, him stitching himself uh, and Charlie Puth. A different way to be an actor. Do I always look that sad? We can do that. <laughs> Hello, Axel. Hi, Charlie. I replied to your video, but I figured I'd do a video message as well. Appreciate it. Not only did I not get into Juilliard, what? but I didn't get into five of You're these kidding. prestigious schools that uh, I wanted to get into that I thought Don't could better it. my career. Don't believe it. And while I do think school is great, Same. and I did end up going to Berkeley, okay. a prestigious Berkeley. conservatory for the arts Congrats. is not going to be the thing that defines your career as an actor. Ooh. It certainly wasn't the Everywhere. only and We don't need to watch all of that one. It's just Charlie Puth saying, hang in there and, you know, you, you'll do fine or whatever. There's other opportunities. So this next one is the caption is New York Times rejection Juilliard. I paid three dollars for a paper. Okay, I don't even want to watch the rest of this one because if I remember correctly, it's just him talking about what he's going to wear for the majority of the video and walking to go buy the fucking New York Times article and then trying to find where it's at. Yeah, so he's in like the arts and entertainment section or something and they take took a photo and like interviewed him. So now we've gone from look at my tiny apartment to I didn't get into Juilliard to his fans harassing the Juilliard Instagram account and probably emailing them or or harassing them in other ways, I assume, to him becoming such a viral sensation that the New York Times now decided to write an article about him and multiple other publications have also done this. I'm not going to find the New York times article about this kid because why would I or anyone do that? The fact that this is even newsworthy is insane. Um, but again, it's like, this is, this is the world that we live in and that's fine. I suppose. <laughs> so he's in the New York times and now we move on. All right. So there's two extra, two more videos. And these are not videos that Axel made. These are people commenting on this whole situation, right? And before I play this one, there was another video that I don't have saved where it was someone talking about how like, hey, I stalked, I stalked this Axel Weber kid. I found his LinkedIn. I found his family. I fucking I found his family. I've got a particular set of skills. Um and he found his family and found that um this Axel kid's sister is like a social media person like that's her job apparently. Um and that their family is very the Weber family owns Weber Grills. No, that's not what it is. They don't own Weber Grills. The Weber family are rich and he in looking through their like Instagram history and things like that, uh, he found that they went on 11 vacations in 2021. So last year they went on 11 vacations. Now, I don't know if you're somebody who, um, doesn't have money or maybe 
maybe does have money. If you have money and you're listening to this, is that a lot or is that normal? Because I'm broke most of the time. Um, I have just enough money to buy stupid cameras and stupid microphones and stupid lights to basically talk about this hell that we live in um, for as some sort of catharsis. I guess that's why I'm doing this. But as someone who is typically broke most of the time, I don't remember the last time I was on vacation. And that could be because of the pandemic. But um, even before I was, you know, told to stay inside for the safety of all the people around me, I wasn't going on 11 vacations a year. I would maybe go camping in the summer once if I was lucky and feeling, you know, kind of frivolous. It would be twice, but 11 that's once every month. And how many days? Basically once a month. Where are you going? Where are you going actually though? Because if you're leaving the country, that's potentially thousands of dollars every month. So this kid is fine. The fact that he lives in a tiny apartment is suspect. Um, when it seems like his parents could probably subsidize a nicer place, which is what the person to get back to what I was saying, that's what the video that I saw of this person was basically saying as well was like, you know, he comes from money. Obviously the fact that he is essentially like cosplaying as this broke New York kid who's like struggling to make it as an actor or whatever is really insulting to uh, everybody that's actually struggling. Um, It really feels like he's just trying on poverty, you know, uh, without any consequence of what, what it's like to with, without knowing the anxiety that being living paycheck to paycheck actually brings. So um, that's what one of the videos I saw was. This is another one that we're going to watch right now. Um, and this might, he might actually just be, be talking about a similar thing, but I thought it was pretty succinct. And um, so let's, I'll play this. He buys his food from a, an Asian woman on the street who sells random groceries. He doesn't explain anything about what her deal is. There might be a language barrier or something like that he has another video where he's like there with the woman and he's buying like carrots, old carrots and like bread from her in this video that's being stitched on TikTok, Um, he's talking about how he cooks the cabbage that he buys from her. Well, let's watch what this person, this is from apricot TM is the uh, person that's stitching this. So that you bought from a street market as someone who grew up excessively poor, it really, hurts to see his content because he glamorizes it like it's something that's fun to do i promise you sleeping on a twin size bed with your mother and your older brother in the fucking basement of your friend's house is not fun i'm sorry for fucking trauma dumping but i just have to acknowledge that these things aren't fun but when you say that you're using a hot plate it makes you feel like you're camping it's not just because you're like 
you know, coping with comedy, it's because it's foreign to you. It's very obvious that you're just a New York transplant that comes from like an upper middle class white family. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. The issue is when you act like being poor is like, you know, a joke. It's silly. It's fun. And it's garbage. Content like this is why, you know, systematic reform uh, against poverty is never going to happen. And that's because poverty is seen through this lens of, you know, upper middle class white people as something that could be easy. And it's not. He makes all these are great points. I've never been like that poor. I'm a single, single child. I'm an only child. My mom was a single mother. Um, and there were times where we struggled, you know, um, I never really got new shoes or anything. It's not like she had the money to spend on stuff like that for me. Um, all the stuff I bought when I was a kid, I got from doing chores and like cleaning yards and weeding and all kinds of stuff. Like I had to work for every penny that I had. So it is it is really insulting like i can speak a little bit to what it feels like to grow up poor and still be relatively uh financially unstable so again to see this kid not acknowledge this um and like i said cosplay as a have not is um it's a bummer because he doesn't seem like a bad person he just seems like a 21-year-old kid who isn't aware of how this maybe affects how how other people might perceive his tone deafness, I guess is the best way to put it. Um, there is one last video that I want to talk about really quickly, and then we're probably going to end this episode. Um, so let's... Let's jump into this really quickly. Fish food in New York City. Street markets. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I might come off as a hater. Good. <laughs> you know what I hate? People who get fame off of mediocrity. And the fact that no one will take heed to what POC say unless it is done by a white person. People of color have been deromanticizing New York for ages. But no one likes to listen on it's just quirky and fun. So you put the deromanticization of New York City in the hands of a white guy who romanticizes the deromanticization. How far into white supremacy's asshole do we have to go to realize that we in some shit? So obviously that's something that I'm not, I can't speak on. Um, aside from the fact that like people of color, minorities in general are, um, unequally living a harder life than even me, who is some, someone who grew up poor, but definitely this kid who again, fucking running around the streets of New York, buying street food from Asian folks and like turning it into this comedy routine. So the whole thing is really kind of getting grosser the, the longer it continues. And I really hope that Axel maybe talks a little bit about this and makes some, um, realizations and 
I don't know, thinks about how his actions are perceived and how they hurt uh, minority communities um, and people who are struggling all the time when a Google search is really easy to do and find like what his background is and like, why are you living like this? It's just the same story over and over and over again that we constantly see in media and the world. Mediocre white people getting famous. Which is what I'm technically trying to do. <laughs> no, I'm not. I don't want fame. Fame sounds like shit. Hey, that reminds me, actually. Um, ben Affleck talked about fame recently and how it sucks, dude. It's so, It sucks being like a multimillionaire living in an awesome mansion. Um, uh, and like, you know, there's just so much invasion of privacy. I always viewed it as the tax you paid to get the chance to do this work it was to sacrifice your, your private life and your and, and people were gonna have to have license to, you know, like make sport of you to some degree. And I didn't go into it blindly, but I thought like, like this is really not how I had hoped it would go. Where I'm gonna still be, what, famous for being an asshole or a failure and not able to work. I just can't think of any worse outcome because I've never found any virtue in fame at all. Short of like, I've probably gotten out of a couple of tickets. I've gotten reservations, but the whole point was to be able to do this job. Uh, that was it. Otherwise, what is it worth? It just, it, it, it's corrosive. It changes the relationship you have with other people. It can engender resentment between you and people. It just, it does, there's not a lot of merit to like fame in and of itself. I don't feel bad for people that are famous. I do to an extent. If they're not also um, abusive, alcoholic, whiny, you know, like Ben Affleck can shut the fuck up. <laughs> um... But that is, that's what I wanted to talk about really quick. Um, and it'll be up on YouTube. So please, I'm asking you if you've watched or listened this long, go to my YouTube. It'll be on, you know, Harlan Spanks. You can find it there. That's where I'm going to post these. It's not going to have its own separate YouTube channel. But uh, also subscribe to Occasional Hell. Um, that is just Occasional Hell podcast. So. You can go there and, you know, do all that stuff like subscribe. You can follow my Instagram. It's just my first and last name. You know, if you want, I don't really post a bunch of stuff there lately. I also have a website, which I will start to put more of this content there. Harlanspinks.net because fucka.com. Uh, I'm networking. That's where we network. That's where we all get together. And we talk about the movie network. Anyway. Thank you for watching. If you did, please stick around. I'm going to try and do these more often and have a good evening.